This is a special edition of Apple News Today. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. It's official. Joe Biden is now the 46th president of the United States. Shortly before noon today, he placed his hand on a massive Bible that's been in his family for over 100 years, the same Bible he used when he became a senator and vice president, and he took the oath of office. Then he addressed the nation. This is America's day. This is democracy's day. A day of history and hope, of renewal and resolve. Through a crucible for the ages, America has been tested anew, and America has risen to the challenge. He also acknowledged how historic it was for Kamala Harris to be sworn in as the first woman vice president. Today, we mark the swearing in as the first woman in American history elected to national office, Vice President Kamala Harris. Don't tell me things can't change. President Biden struck a very different tone than his predecessor did four years ago. Donald Trump entered office with an inaugural speech about crime, poverty, and, quote, American carnage. He told the nation that he alone could fix things. Biden's message couldn't have been more different. It was about working together and reestablishing core American ideals and values. On this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. This was the theme of the day, unity. And there's been a lot of commentary about whether this is possible or maybe whether it's naive of Biden to think he can bring together the country like this. There were so many reminders that this inauguration is unlike any other. People wearing masks, spectators all spaced out. We're so used to seeing hundreds of thousands of people in the National Mall. Instead, it was just covered with hundreds of thousands of flags, each one symbolizing people who couldn't be there today and the lives claimed by the coronavirus. The capital is a militarized city right now. 20,000 National Guard troops are in position just in case there's violence. That's more service members than we have in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. Those images of the U.S. Capitol looking like a war zone, it was a reminder that unity is not going to be easy. And Biden acknowledged this. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep and they are real. But I also know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we're all are created equal, and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. Biden did not mention his predecessor by name, but he heavily alluded to the lies that Trump told as he left office about how the election was stolen. And at several points, he referenced the insurrection on January 6th. But he did say democracy prevailed. Here we stand, just days after a riotous mob thought they could use violence to silence the will of the people, to stop the work of our democracy, to drive us from this sacred ground. It did not happen. It will never happen. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever, not ever. He also spoke about the scale of the problems we're facing right now. Folks, 
This is a time of testing. We face an attack on our democracy and on truth, a raging virus, growing inequity, the sting of systemic racism, a climate in crisis, America's role in the world. Any one of these would be enough to challenge us in profound ways. But the fact is, we face them all at once. President Biden called for a moment of silence for the 400,000 American lives lost to COVID-19. And you know, this is a role Joe Biden knows well. Consoler in chief. It's a role that's always seemed to come naturally to him. The tragic death of his first wife and young daughter marked the beginning of his political career. He lost his son, Bo to brain cancer near the end of his vice presidency. Yeah, it's been called his superpower. Senator Chris Kuhn said that once. He was talking about Biden's ability to connect with people who are grieving. Biden spoke directly to Americans who are feeling the pain of the pandemic, including the very real economic fallout. I understand they worry about their jobs. I understand, like my dad, they lay in bed staring at, the, at night, staring at the ceiling, wondering, can I keep my health care? Can I pay my mortgage? Thinking about their families, about what comes next. I promise you, I get it. Nearly 10 million people in the U.S. who lost jobs because of the virus are still not working. Now, Biden does have experience in rough economies. When he became vice president in 2008, he and Barack Obama inherited an economy on its knees. But now the challenge is even bigger. Toward the end of his speech, President Biden spoke directly to people around the world who've been watching Trump's America First policies in action. And Biden made it clear that is not the course he'll be charting. The world is watching, watching all of us today. So here's my message to those beyond our borders. America has been tested and we've come out stronger for it. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again. Not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. From his tone to his rhetoric, President Biden sent a message to the nation and the world. Get ready for another chapter to start in American history. Now that he's president, Joe Biden is getting straight to work. Today, he's signing more than a dozen executive orders, some symbolic, but the bulk of them substantive. These orders represent a broad range of policy goals. Bloomberg News writes, Biden is issuing more day one executive actions than any president in history. The Biden administration is trying to leverage as much executive power as it can to quickly undo Trump's legacy. One immediate change, Biden will undo the travel ban. That Trump-era policy targeted mostly Muslim-majority countries, and it survived several rounds of court challenges. For Biden, the executive order to undo this ban signals a reconciliation with the international community and with Muslims here at home. Biden's also moving closer to the international community by signing the United States back into the Paris Climate Accords. He's also ordering the end of construction on the Keystone XL pipeline, And he's advising his executive agencies to take another look at fuel standards, which the Trump administration rolled back several times. And in this new outward-facing America, Biden will use his authority to rejoin the World Health Organization. 
He's asking Dr. Anthony Fauci to represent the U.S. at the WHO. Also related to the pandemic, there is a long-promised mask mandate on federal properties, as well as a 100-day mask challenge, which is meant to encourage people to mask up. Biden is hoping all these executive orders will jumpstart what he says will be an ambitious legislative agenda. While Congress debates future relief and stimulus plans, the president is signing orders today that will extend eviction moratoriums and defer student loan payments. Biden has also signaled that he wants a comprehensive immigration plan passed by Congress as soon as possible. He'll have to wait on lawmakers to vote on his proposed path to citizenship for some 11 million immigrants. But he is signing executive orders today to end funding for the border wall and to direct his Department of Homeland Security to safeguard DACA. Also, you might have heard about Trump's 1776 Commission. It's an America-first educational curriculum that was announced just this week. It's designed to encourage a historically inaccurate version of U.S. history to be taught in schools. It was created in response to the New York Times 1619 Project, which Trump and many of his supporters objected to. Biden will officially end the 1776 Commission tonight. And finally, it would have been easy for Biden's speech to end and for everyone to get swept up in the applause and excitement. But instead, the nation watched as a young poet commanded the stage and forced all of us to take a moment. Her name is Amanda Gorman. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. Today's inaugural poem is titled The Hill We Climb. It speaks to this moment we're living in. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing Gorman else, is 22 years old, which makes her the youngest person in modern history to deliver an inaugural poem. She grew up with a speech impediment, something that Gorman says helped her feel a bond with Biden, who stuttered as a child, and a bond with another inaugural poet, Maya Angelou, who didn't speak for nearly five years after surviving childhood trauma. When she was asked to deliver today's poem, Gorman wanted to make sure her words matched the weight of this moment in U.S. history. She spoke with NPR about her process. She read Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and even Winston Churchill to help find inspiration. And she was about halfway through drafting her poem when pro-Trump extremists staged an insurrection at the Capitol. Gorman told NPR that day changed everything. In this poem, she speaks directly to the idea of our democracy under threat, but also of an enduring hope for a better, more peaceful, more loving America. We'll end today's show by giving Amanda Gorman the last word. We've seen a forest that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never 
be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. You can find today's special coverage of President Joe Biden's inauguration on the Apple News app. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.